We want to introduce the second Abhama Vihara, Karuna in Pali, compassion in English. And then each of the next days, Saturday and Sunday, we'll introduce each of the other two. We really hope this doesn't become too confusing. Um, I, I know for many of you, you might feel that you're just beginning to really settle into the metta. You might feel that it's beginning to flow and be strong. Um, so it's really going to be your choice. We really feel that we want to give you the opportunity to have a taste of each of these Gama Viharas. So with the compassion today, you might want to experiment, play with it. Maybe do it for the sitting if that feels appropriate for you. If you find you begin to connect and want to stay with it all day, that's fine. But if you're really feeling that you'd like to stick with the metta or do compassion, maybe one or two sittings or walkings, but then reconnect with the metta, that's also fine. Some people do find that the metta is sort of the uh, kind of the ground from which these other practices are coming. Um, and we spend the most time with metta, obviously. But occasionally someone finds that actually in that particular conditions, the particular situation they're in at the moment, that compassion or sympathetic joy actually connect more strongly. So if you happen to find that, that somehow compassion just seems, yes, that's really the, the quality of heart that's been being evoked all along, then fine, you know, if you discover that and you want to just stay with the Karuna practice, that's also fine. So again, knowing this, there's not a right or wrong or some way you can get the most out of it, you know, if you make the right decision. So please don't try and figure that out. But just, you know, take this karuna practice, see how it fits, see if you get a feeling for it. If you're starting to just feel it's too stressful, you know, to be going back and forth, or you're getting pulled back into the metta, please. That is a wonderful place to be pulled back into. You don't need to fight that. So karuna, compassion, as we've said before, it's just a slight difference. It's metta that's attuned more directly to the painful aspect of experience. It's metta that goes right into the middle of the suffering aspect of experience. Sometimes compassion is described as the quivering of the heart in response to pain, in response to suffering. And so whereas in practicing the metta, we begin by bringing up the lovable qualities of someone, in cultivating karuna, we deliberately focus on the suffering aspects of someone. And as you might have discovered in doing the metta, sometimes when you'll be with someone that you're sending loving kindness to, suddenly the suffering or painful aspects get highlighted. So you might find that even doing the same metta phrases, 
if you're tuned into the suffering aspect, the feeling tone could change to compassion. So you probably you've already experienced this anyway. And all we'll be doing with this practice is you'll be seeing the difference, feeling the difference more clearly. Um, so to begin with the karuna, the, the person we begin with is meant to be the, the easiest again to feel compassion for. So you bring to mind, you don't start with this, yourself with a benefactor necessarily, but you can bring to mind a person who you can easily tune into their suffering. Like for some people, with a benefactor, they think, well, this person isn't suffering very much. This person's in pretty good shape. And it, it's sort of harder to begin feeling compassion. So for yourself, sometimes it's easy to find the suffering but sometimes it's hard to find the compassion for the suffering. So, you start with someone that you can bring to heart or mind that you might or might not know well. Doesn't, doesn't, you don't have to know this person well, but that you can easily tune into their suffering aspects. I remember I brought up someone that I didn't know well, but that I was seeing around a lot, who was in a wheelchair and paralyzed and who I knew had a lot of physical suffering. It was easy to tune into that. And the only other sort of caution I'd make is if you pick someone who's really, to begin with, who's really suffering a lot, but that you're very, very closely connected with, you might find it hard to stay on compassion and might fall into you know, either frustration or grief or, you know, kind of falls out of compassion. It might even be harder if you're too closely involved. But that's for you to, to discern as you're choosing this person. The so-called near enemy of compassion is uh, pity. It's feeling sorry for someone. With it has a slight touch of aversion, it's not connected. Where compassion is really connected, you really feel your heart quivering, and it's as if the energy and attention goes right into the middle of the suffering. And I have to say for myself that often a lot of sadness and sorrow comes up in feeling this pain. That's okay, you know. Don't don't expect that there's something wrong with that. That can come up, but. If we start drowning in sorrow and grief, that's not so helpful. In that case, you might have picked someone that's a little too much suffering to be able to be somewhat balanced with like them. But the near enemy, this pity, is sort of, oh, these poor people, you know, they're really suffering over there somewhere. And we don't really feel that connection. We slide out of the connection. And the far enemy, of course, is cruelty. And again, compassion practice might lift that up. So you find yourself really connecting with someone's pain and suddenly this you know, shot of hatred and cruelty and what you deserve to feel that way comes up. But don't be blaming yourself for that. You know, it's just sort of, again, all these aspects of our heart and mind getting lifted up into the light of day. And you don't need to worry about it, take it seriously, and get too reactive to it. 
And again, uh, as with the loving kindness, we're practicing it in the same way, focusing on the phrase, on the image or the felt sense of this person we're bringing the compassion to, and the feeling when it comes, and really then resting in and allowing the feelings to grow. And all the hindrances might come up, the same, you know, as with the metta. When something starts to feel overpowering, then again, as Michelle was speaking about last night, leaving the compassion practice and returning to Vipassana and really being with that difficult or confusing or powerful experience, being with it just as it is until it eases a bit and you can go back to the compassion. The um, classical phrase for a compassion practice is only one phrase, so that might be easier. Um, it's two ways you could say it. One is, you know, may you be free from your suffering. Again, that's not a focus on results, like may the suffering, it's not as if by saying that we somehow can make the suffering go away, so it's not a pushing, it's not a rejection of the suffering. May you be free from your suffering is really a, a feeling with. And if you find that, that phrase uh, a little too negative or so, another way to put it is, I care about your suffering. I care with your suffering. And some people might find that, that using the same metaphrases, but tuning in what you're paying attention to, to the suffering aspect, is easier if at this time you're feeling more grounded in the neck of phrases or if they just come up for you, so that's fine too. So in the karuna we begin with bringing up a person who we can easily tune into the suffering and then we go back to ourselves and then it's through the same people, back to ourselves, the benefactor, friend, neutral person. I, I wouldn't try to do all that, definitely not all in one sitting, or it doesn't even matter to try and do all that today, even if you stay with it all day. If you just bring up the sense of the suffering person, get a feeling for the karuna, and then to yourself, you know, that would be great if we could bring some sense of compassion, tune into your suffering aspect, and really let the compassion move into your heart, move into the suffering aspect, really caring about your suffering. So, And just again over the, that's enough for now. <laughs> so beginning in the same way, just as we do in the Mecca, bringing up the sense of the suffering being, and you might take a few moments to find who that's going to be for you. You need a felt sense of the person, or an animal, you know, it might be a pet, doesn't matter. Anyone you easily can feel caring about their suffering without totally drowning in it. And then just beginning with a sense of connecting with that suffering and the phrasing. Either may you be free from your suffering. Or I care about you. I care about your suffering. And just gently resting in the present 
in your heart, in your phrases, what they mean. Don't try to force anything.
if you would like to or feel the call to beginning to shift to sending compassion to yourself, please feel free to do so. If you feel it's so appropriate and developing as a beginning person, that's also fine. And if you are connecting it with yourself, tuning in to your painful aspects with love, with real caring, not with any kind of judgment or indifference, but really turning the heart of metta onto our difficulties, onto our pain. And may I be free from my suffering. So simply I care about myself. I care about my suffering.
And if it feels like something you could do to begin to share the compassion more generally with the person on your right or in front or behind, you don't need to know someone's specific pain. But being a human being in a body on this earth, none of us is free from pain just as we all also know joy. So feeling with the person on our right, in front or behind, I care about your suffering. May you be free from suffering. and connecting with our caring with the person on our left. And if you feel you can, directing the energy of compassion, of connection, outward to all of us in this room. May we all be free from suffering.
So you can see that this is practiced really in uh, the same way that the loving kindness is. If you find it something that you connect with or that you feel you want to explore for today, please do to whatever feels comfortable to you. Maybe one or two sittings or walkings, or if you find it growing stronger and want to stay with it through the day, that's fine. And it, uh, you, know, you can go through the same categories and also expand to all beings. Now, if, on the contrary, you find that the concentration the last days had been getting deeper and steadier, and this has blown it out of the water, and you really find it just too jarring, please feel fine to stay with the metta and deepen in that. Do you have any questions about this or the loving kindness? something new or what, but it was felt so much easier than the meta, and as if the meta has been rounded out, and is there something she's doing wrong because it feels so easy, which is again back to that, that sense we have of mistrust, you know, that, you know, God forbid we should easily feel caring, compassionate feelings. <laughs> um, but it, it is as if the meta's rounded out. I agree with you, it's different, it's a different aspect of really loving another being, of real caring, you know, including what's often so difficult for us to open to. Um, if you're finding it easier, it is possible that, that, that changing brings in a new interest, you know, and it's easy at first and it might get harder through the day. But, you know, just stay with it today and see. Of course it will go through ups and downs, of course it will, just as any practice. But if you're feeling it's really opening something up for you, or it's easy, or it's really calling to you, then please stay with it today and explore that aspect. What's the last thing I... Uh-huh, yeah. She says it's really hard to care and not want to make it better. Um, and then as soon as she starts sending the, the loving, the compassion, it turns to devising plans, how to make it better, sending healing energy. And it's, it's a fine point because compassion is really the motivation for action, to, to act towards ourselves and other beings in the world in a way that perhaps can alleviate suffering. So it's not, it's not that on one hand it's totally passive. We sit here and connect with the suffering of ourselves and other beings and just that's all we ever do. That uh, the intention of compassion as it grows and spills over in our hearts is the motivation for, for caring connection of action in the world. So I don't want to, to, to say on one side it's a passive practice at all. But on the other side, 
sometimes in, in just connecting with the feeling of caring, look carefully in ourselves because often the wanting to do something is actually moves away from feeling the caring and the connection and it's actually coming from almost an aversion to the pain. I've got to do something about this so I don't feel this anymore. I mean, that's a little exaggerated, but um, sometimes the mind that moves out of connecting with the karuna into how can I make it better, i got to feel, you know, this can actually not be karuna anymore in that moment. Even though if you could act to do something helpful, of course, that would be great. Um, the balance with karuna that is so important to allow us to be able to really feel with the suffering and not either drown in it, that it's too much, or have to jump out of it and do something to avoid feeling it, is equanimity, which is it's a very, very connected. Equanimity knows that things are just as they are, that we deeply care about suffering, and if we did everything we possibly ever could, we could not eradicate suffering in the world, and in some cases you cannot do anything to alleviate the suffering of another being. You know, sometimes as deeply as we care, no matter what you do, you cannot alleviate that other being's suffering. Without equanimity that knows that, that allows us to feel the deep caring without getting attached to a result. You know, if we get attached to the result, we're going to drown in it. The, the cultivation of the loving kindness and the compassion is this deep connection that is not hinged on or predicated on having a certain result happen. And it's delicate. It really takes some, some uh, exploring in ourselves. But that's why I say it's also not to think compassion is passive. And that, that means, okay, I can't do any, I can't eradicate it, so I won't do anything. I'll just sit here and care. You know, not that that's nothing, that's a lot. But it can lead to action. But if we're, if we're focused on we have to have that result, then uh, we're really going to suffer. <coughs> Mastering the amount of pain you're willing to feel? There is. Yeah. There's times when it's not like we, we choose how much we can be with. It chooses us. There's a point where, and I mean, we hit it at different times over and over. A lot of our practice, our opening and connecting to ourselves and others, is our ability to be able to open and hold more pain. We all hit a point where we can't. That's the wall. That's one of the walls. So you might really be feeling in a well of pain, but there's a connection to it. Okay, that's okay. Then it can tip into this, you're either lost in fear or terror or the heart and mind just shuts down or turns to aversion and cruelty. It's just kind of tipped over too much. So yes, in a way we're finding how to balance, how to be in the midst of pain with an open, loving, connected heart. And to notice when that's changed. It's not that we decide now it's too much. All of a sudden it changes. The heart shuts down. The connection isn't there. Our pain is so overwhelming, but we're not in compassion with it, or being drowning in it. And at that point, it's helpful not to push, push, push. You know, I've got to open to all the pain. Much like with the method, it's helpful to back up 
either go to an easier subject of compassion or to open to just feeling uh, our terror or our anger or whatever with compassionate mindfulness. So it's not like a conscious choice. Now I think I'll shut down. It's too much pain. It, it just happens. Yeah. Um, I feel so much more um, connected and comfortable with, with the passion practice. And there's a judgment coming in about you you know suffering in your own life and you just make myself and you connect so easily with um feels like I'm experiencing equanimity with it. But I really have a really large container and the, the, the well of feeling in the product is, is really connected where the mental practice that wasn't happening. So there's a there's a little Judgment. Um, the judgment, you're, you're judging yourself because I mean, you didn't feel it with milk. Well, in this lifetime, you're sloping, 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 you and more strongly welling up than with the metta, which is leading to a judgment, a judgment of herself, you know, that she's tipping on the side of suffering in this lifetime. Is that it? No, identification with it. Identification with suffering and being okay with that. Yeah. Which is, is, is another side of life, which is, which is joy. Which is joy. Yeah. But he's tipping on the side of suffering rather than joy. Two people things. So identifies with the suffering aspect. Which we're all going to have biases in the way that we experience life. So partly there's no need to make a problem of it. I mean, it's beautiful that we can feel compassion for ourselves and other beings. And of these four Brahma Viharas, it's quite natural that our particular personality bent might identify more strongly with one or the other, that one comes more naturally and easily to us. We don't need to make that a problem. It's like, great, there's four, you know. There's one that might be, be more naturally conducive to my personality and the development of any one will help strengthen all of them. It's not like it's an either-or scenario here. And you might be glad to know that tomorrow we'll discuss mudita, which is empathetic joy, you know, that there's an actual practice that helps us focus on the joy that others and ourselves experience, you know. And so there's, there's no sense of if I'm feeling more connected to one, there's no need to make a problem of it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Let that one really flower and develop. And I think you'll find that it, it feeds them all. They're all ways of connecting. You know, I mean, they're, they're all so interconnected that you really don't need to worry about that. Yeah. yeah. I think the way I keep hearing a lot of 
That would definitely have something to do with <laughs> the concentration, not the development. <laughs> 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 I can imagine. <laughs> Explore it. See how it goes for you. 
and trust your experience. Trust what you know your heart and your experience is telling you about whether to go with the karuna, whether to stay with the metta, whether to expand to all beings, whether to just stay with yourself. You know, there's no right or wrong here. There's no big, horrible mistakes you're going to make. You're just really exploring what your true experience is. And so you'll notice that there are individual energies listed on the board, and the rest of you will be tomorrow. Um, the rooms that we're in, if you go up the main staircase, just outside here, and when you get right to the top, the one straight ahead across from the stairs is 113, that's where Steve will be. And if you, when you come up the stairs, if you turn right and then right again down that long hallway, Michelle and I, I'm in 105 on the left, and she's the next one on the left, 103. And then please, please just be aware of the time, because as you see, it's kind of a uh, very steady string of appointments. So, so just be aware of your time frame when you come in. It would really help us a lot. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.